Good morning. And praise the Lord. It's lovely to, to see you. Thank you, Joan and Helen, for leading us in worship. God is worthy, isn't he? No one, no one deserves praise, your praise, but Jesus. And uh, it's lovely that, that that can bring us together, doesn't it? Worship, worship is a unifying thing. When we stop thinking about the things that, that separate us and the things that we struggle with in life, and uh, we lift our heads together and we gather around God's throne of grace and mercy. So praise the Lord. But just before we um, we look at the Word of God, maybe pray. Um, there are two things on most people's hearts. Um, one is the um, the election that um, for our new Prime Minister, which will take place tomorrow. Well, the announcement and. Uh, we should pray because that person has a huge responsibility um, and a huge challenge. Uh, is there anyone here who'd like the job? <laughs> I think you missed your opportunity a little earlier, but um, I don't think any of us would. It's, 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 they need God, don't they, whoever it is. They need the wisdom of God and the prayers and the support of God's people. So we should pray, and of course we we should pray for Pakistan. I think the the enormity of of what's happened there is just unbelievable, isn't it? That it's uh, that such floods um, should take place um, at a time when uh, we'd love a little bit more water, wouldn't we? Yeah. So um, let's pray. Father, Lord, we pray for your world. The earth is the Lord's. It's not ours. You gave us authority and you gave us permission to rule and reign in your stead. And Father, please forgive us where we've got it wrong. And Father, maybe some of these things are the consequences, Father, of being irresponsible. Have mercy on us, Father. But we pray for the people of Pakistan, Lord. Those that are rendered homeless, that have lost, Father, their livelihoods, their, their flocks and herds. Father, we pray Father, that help may be given. We pray for, uh, Lord, that these, these floodwaters will go down. We pray against disease and pestilence that would come as a consequence of, Father, what's happened. Father, we pray that there will be a, uh, not only in the world, but if in our own hearts, a response, Father, that would want to help. We pray that all the money that's given will be directed Father, to the real needs of the country. Pray for our Christian brothers and sisters. 10% of Pakistan is, is Christian, Father. And we pray for them, Father, that they'll be 
agents of mercy and grace in your love. And Father, we pray for our own land. And Father, the election of our, our Prime Minister will be Father of your choosing. And they would look to you, Father. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, when um, Bernard phoned me up earlier in the week um, and asked if I could come and speak, uh, I didn't have to think twice. Because I, I love this church, I love the people here, I love the Word of God, so I said, yes, please. And uh, the subject was an encouragement to persevere and pray. Two Ps. Um, and uh, it was in the book of James, so if you've got uh, the Bible, you could look at the book of James. I think I'd just like to to go back to the first chapter and just the first verses. Just to set in context, because this study's been going on for a couple of months now, um, and it's been sort of broken into pieces and there's other things that have been uh, 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 spoken about during that time so we may have lost the context of the letter and it just says James a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ this is the brother of Jesus to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations so it is a, is a letter to the Jewish Christians that have been scattered because of persecution um, uh, among the nations. And he goes on, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. They were facing trials of many kinds. And he was saying, well, let's see this in, in the, the context of, of life and the kingdom of God and of God himself. Consider it, he says, pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know something's going to happen. The testing of your faith develops perseverance. What does it develop? Hey, that's a good one, isn't it? It develops perseverance. Without a trial, without being tested, there'd be no perseverance. Perseverance means pushing through, not giving up, not yielding. It means being strong. It means that you, you are not going to be overcome by that which faces you. Is anyone facing any trials at the moment? Yeah, a few nods. Yeah, I'm sure we'd all say, yeah, there, there's trials. There's things that, that are challenging us. They are against us. But somehow, in some way, we've got to be able to overcome and persevere. Don't give up. Hallelujah. 
Perseverance must finish its work. It's got to work in you, this perseverance. Perseverance works in you. It works for a reason. It must finish its work so that you may be mature. What does God want you to be? What doesn't he want you to be? Immature. Yeah? And complete. Not lacking anything. Hey ho! This is why I can, I can be joyful if I only appreciated what God is doing through the trial I face. He's making me mature. Complete. Lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives miserly. No, he gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So the fact I need wisdom because I'm not wise, he's not finding fault in my lack of wisdom. He's saying, hallelujah, Ian, you're tapping into the, into the, the very source of life. And it's, perceived, it's the trial that's caused you to do it. He knows human nature. He knows without trials we'd be swanning off and doing all manner of things. With no recourse to him, he knows human nature. So that's the, the setting of this, this letter. Now we turn to James 5, verse 7. And I'm just going to take us back an, another little bit back to the beginning of chapter 5 because I'm going to talk about perseverance and prayer but there was something before this and he's talking about now listen you rich people weep and well of the misery that is coming upon you. Whoa! That doesn't sound good does it? Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes your gold and silver are corroded um, their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. This is a bit strong, isn't it? You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay, the workmen who mowed your fields, are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourself in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered innocent men who were not opposing you. Before this, before he starts talking about patience and suffering, he's talking about our priority in life, of getting our priorities right. So there were three P's, priority, perseverance or patience, and prayer. Maybe there's a fourth one, praise as well. Yeah? Um, so I just wanted to, to get that into context now in verse 7 be patient then brothers and sisters until the Lord's coming see how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop patiently waiting for autumn and spring rains you too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near don't grumble against one another brothers and sisters or you will be judged the judge is standing at the door. 
Brothers and sisters, isn't it lovely the way this, brothers and sisters, yeah? Brothers and sisters, an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no, otherwise you will be condemned. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let him pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And a prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. What makes the sick person well? Yeah, all of it, the prayer offered in faith. Yeah. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Hallelujah. Can I ask another question? What is the prayer of a righteous person? What is it? Powerful and effective. There you are. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful. In fact, you may feel weak and you may feel ineffective. But the righteous person, that's not the case. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. Just talking about Elijah as an ordinary man. He was a man that was filled with the Spirit of God. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him, that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their ways will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. We might return to that verse when we break bread. Praise the Lord. An encouragement to persevere and pray. He's talking about a mature person is both prayerful and patient in trouble. It's hard to be patient in trouble, isn't it? Yeah? Is hey, I'm a Christian, get me out of here. Yeah? This wasn't part of the package when I first believed. I'm sure it was. These, these were lovely Christ, um, Christians who'd given their hearts to, to the Lord Jesus. And they were, well, they were being persecuted and, and, and punished for their faith. Things were not going right in the world. And they, they could look at non-believers and think, well, Hey-ho, what's going on here? They seem to be okay. They're not being persecuted. And he's saying that a mature person needs to be patient. A mature Christian, 
turns to God in their need and not away from him. The immature Christian would trust in himself. He'd look to others. He would lose faith. But he said, don't. You persevere in this because in this something amazing will happen. He'd just spoken about the the danger of, of being rich, that, that their riches will vanish. The, 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 that, that sort of attitude of, of living for the world and living for possession, it erodes my character rather than builds it. It makes me into the wrong sort of person. And I have a wasted opportunity I love give thanks with a with a grateful heart that 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 lovely little chorus that we we sing because it said let the poor say I am rich to really understand what richness is richness is this wonderful relationship with God richness is to know Him as your Father richness is to know that your prayers are heard. Richard is to know that you have a place, an eternal place with him. No matter what this world may do and what may happen here, these things are secure. You're secure in him. James was writing to suffering saints. Jesus had said to his disciples in John 16, 13, in this world you will have tribulation, Yes, as, as, as Colin prayed, that he is the life. But that life is lived through difficult circumstances. In Acts 14.22, Paul's talking to new believers and he says, we must go through much tribulation, he tells them. It's not going to all be partying and everything's going to be fine. And he calls us to be patient. That's why it's, it's, it's part of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience. Or forbearance in the King James. We bear. It means to, 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 not, to stick it out not react in some knee-jerk response. So we are called to be patient. Not easy, is it? Not in our sort of society, where things are so meant to be instant. You know, you get in a queue and the other queue's a bit faster. I hate it in, when I'm, I'm choosing lanes to get in, in a car. And I choose a bad one. And I see the, the vehicle that was five behind me, now three in front of me. It bugs me. I'm impatient. I think, why didn't I? Can I? Should I try and pull over? Yeah? Well, you go in a in a queue in a in a, which I actually do. I do shop now, don't I? Yeah, yeah. 
And you're a little cute. And someone says, oh, sorry, I forgot something. And so the whole queue is held up while they scurry off to, to aisle number five to look for some red jelly. <laughs> and I stand there, not exercising this wonderful fruit of the Spirit. I saying, can I get it for you? Yeah. It's not easy, this, this thing. And he, he says... He gives the example of a farmer. He says, consider the farmer. There's no overnight. A farmer knows there's no overnight crop. He knows it. The only thing that seems to grow overnight is weeds, isn't it? Yeah? A crop doesn't. It grows slowly. It needs tending. It needs a confidence that it's going to come. By the way, my run of beans didn't come this year. Yeah? But he's got no control over the weather. He's got to be patient. He's patient because the crop is worth waiting for. Yeah. And that's in the same way. That that's what 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 James is saying to you and me. Galatians six nine. In due season we shall reap if we faint not. This is a message to hang on in there. Because the outcome is going to be okay. And God is with you. And God is working. And a farmer is not just patient, but he's working and waiting. That's what we're called to be. As we wait for the return of the Lord, we're working and waiting. Not just sitting back. He says, don't, don't grumble against a brother. He says, look, you can get really tetchy when you get impatient, can't you? Can you? Yes. Yeah? <laughs> and he says, the farmer, don't, don't grumble against your brother because this is, you know, you, you, can, you can actually turn upon one another because things aren't going. You see that in church life sometimes. When church life is tough, People don't act like brothers and sisters. They start the blame game. If only you had, I wouldn't. Yeah? If only you hadn't have made this decision, then we wouldn't be here. If you'd have listened to me, have you ever said that to anyone? Yeah? No, you wouldn't, would you? Yeah? <laughs> this, we wouldn't be like this. They say, don't use the sickle on a fellow farmer use it on the harvest don't do it don't let it happen be one in what's going on here and know the victory of, of God yeah and he says look at the don't you know if, if you want to be patient look at the prophets if you want to know being because the enemy can tell you, oh, you're out of God's will here. Look at this trouble you're in. Down to you. God's not pleased with you. 
He's bringing judgment upon you and all of a sudden you're filled with guilt as well as the problem. He says, look at the prophets. They were in the will of God but they suffered. It's tough. You can say, what have I done wrong? Satan can say, you've been unfaithful. Perhaps it's because you're faithful you're finding this situation. Certainly was for for the prophets. In Matthew five, ten to twelve, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, Jesus said, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Don't think because it's tough. Unless God has shown you that that you're out of the will of God. Ultimately, Jesus was obedient, but where did his obedience lead him to? It led him to a cross. He suffered. Elijah was in the will of God and he was in the middle of a drought. Jeremiah was thrown down a well. Daniel was tossed in with lions. Joseph, if he wasn't in a pit, he was in a prison. I mean, you know, these are good people. Godly people. A farmer keeps working. A prophet keeps witnessing. Blessed are those who persevere. You know, you can't persevere without a trial, can you? You can't, can you? I don't mean we're saying bring on the trials. (laughs) If we want to grow, life's not going to be easy. Paul was taken up to the third heaven. Think of it. I don't think anyone's had this revelation, a full revelation of the the third heaven. It was so amazing, you couldn't share it with anyone because you wouldn't understand it. But immediately after that, he talks about, because of the great surpassing great revelations, therefore in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in the flesh. Hmm? A messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take him away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that the Christ's power may rest upon me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. But when I am weak, then I am strong. He had this wonderful revelation and then he's saying, I, I, I prayed three times to rid this issue in my life. And God's response is to give me grace. Job, the example that, that James gives, says he was a righteous man. And that he had everything, all his family, all his possessions, his hopes taken away from him. Even Mrs. Job wasn't the, the best of help. 
she said that, you know, that, but curse God. Curse God and die. His friends said, there must be sin in your life. And even there was a silence from God. That makes it hard. When you're not hearing necessarily anything, but you're saying, persevere, don't give up. Why? That Job would be purified and that God would be glorified. That God allows Satan to test us, but it's God's hand that's on the thermostat, not Satan's. God is in control. And this impatience, Abraham was impatient about having a son, and Sarah was. And look at the outcome with Ishmael. So in this letter, it's talking about, yeah, first it was getting our priorities right, but patience. And he says that the response is to be patient and to pray. To pray persevere says is any in trouble is there anyone in trouble then pray 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 don't stop praying is anyone happy sing praises to God We should have praise meetings as well as prayer meetings. Is anyone sick? And this, this, this Greek word actually means without vigour, it's a state of weakness, it's a lack of resource, it's a lack of strength, it's feeling frail, it's feeling feeble, it's not just diseased, it's just not that I'm ill. He's saying, I'm I'm weak, I'm I'm without strength. I feel feeble. He says, call the elders and be anointed in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will heal and the Lord will raise you up. That's why Psalm 103 was lovely. He forgives all our sins and heals all our our diseases. The Lord will heal, and it actually means the Lord will save, or the Lord will put right. He will. And if you've sinned, you'll be forgiven. It doesn't mean that all these issues about me feeling weak and without strength is from sin, but sometimes it is because I'm not relying on God. I'm not depending upon him. He said that you lay hands as an impartation from God when hands are laid on you. 
And if you have sinned, if you have sinned that's caused the weakness in your life, you will be forgiven and made strong because the resource of God will come flooding and enable you to persevere and to overcome and not give up and your faith stay strong and your love for God increase. And that as brothers and sisters, we will be closer. That we will choose to depend and rely upon God. Confess sins to one another. Be real, he's saying. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. See, there's a, a, some, maybe tele-evangelists would, would say that, you know, sickness and sin, that there's this, this connection. And in a way that it's true, in a way it's not. But there is a link between sin and weakness. I cannot be in sin and be strong in the Lord. I mean, we've all sinned. I don't mean that there's no sinless perfection among us. But if I've got habitual sin, just like Samuel, the Spirit will leave. Just like David and Saul. There were issues. And until they were put right, until David wrote Psalm 51, he could not be right with God. In Romans 14.23, whatever is not from faith is sin. Full stop. And the verse. Whatever is not from faith is sin. So we all need to be forgiven for lack of faithfulness. For not exercising faith. And the moment we do that, we are made strong. And that sin is forgiven. And that we can become faithful again. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective and gave the example of Elijah. And it's not only elders, it says the the prayer of a righteous person. Yes, the elders have a responsibility. Yes, the elders can... But it's not restricted to them. But you have, as a righteous person, as being forgiven and washed clean. You have the, the potential to lay hands and pray. So, what has James 5 told us? Where well, he says, get the priorities of your life right. Learn to exercise patience because impatience, when you're impatient, you make the wrong decisions. When you're impatient, you're not waiting on God. And then you move in flesh. And then you're not exercising faith, so you become, you move into sin. You stay patient and true to God. And when you're patient, you continue to prayer. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man. That you pray, and you go on praying, and you go on believing, and the Lord will do something amazing in you, and through you. And that's where we are. 
and I'm going to pray and then we're going to worship just for a little while longer and then we're going to have communion together. Father, I thank you for your, your servant, James. I thank you for his understanding of, of what it is to be a Christian. I thank you for the Holy Spirit who wrote this to men and women, brothers and sisters just like us, scattered throughout the, the Middle East and struggling, Father, with hard life. And he says, come on, don't give up. You're being made strong. Character is build, being built in you. Understand. And keep praying. We can have a priority of our life. We can have patience in our life. And prayer brings life. So may, Father, this result as we break bread. For us, again, appropriating the life of Christ. In each of our hearts, Father, for your glory. Amen.